0: Well, some of you may have seen that clip this week on uh, Channel Three News. I think it was the five o'clock news that had that, and uh, just uh, you may have also seen in that clip a a Windsor Rotor or two. I think uh, Christine Decker was in there, and maybe a couple of other people who were serving that uh, that particular Wednesday afternoon. Right now, uh, Salt and Light is averaging a a little bit over two hundred families per week that they're resourcing and serving. Through, uh, through meals, or baskets of food, and, uh, and clothing. 200 families a week coming through. I talked with uh, Nathan Montgomery this week, and he's absolutely amazed at the needs that have been coming up this summer. The volume of people that have, uh, that have wanted to be, uh, be served by Salt and Light. And uh, he's also, I, I need to let you know, very, very appreciative of all that uh, people at Windsor Road do as far as their participation and uh, being involved in the distribution, helping out with stocking shelves, all those kinds of things. So uh, know that you're appreciated if you've been a part of that. And I, I think one of the really cool things about serving at Salt and Light, or really any place else for that matter, is, uh, is that not only do we meet the real needs of our community, but we also grow in our walk with Christ, we grow too. One of the things that we learned from our reveal survey that Randy's been talking about the last few weeks is that one of, the, uh, one of the great catalysts that propels us forward in our walk with God is serving other people. Now, it's not as great as studying the Bible. It's not as great as praying, but it is up there. And especially, it's, it goes across all of the groups that we've talked about the last few weeks, but especially in the Growing in Christ and Close to Christ groups, that serving and getting outside ourselves and making a difference somewhere is a, is a catalytic thing that just moves us forward in loving God and loving other people. Uh, it was really evident to me a couple of Sundays ago, we had a dinner out at Restoration Urban Ministry, and uh, I'm sitting with uh, Linda Wolf and and Ruth Esri, and we're talking about things. And and they're talking about, they started talking about the ministry that they have at Restoration uh, called Homework Hangout. It was just awesome to see the the fire in their eyes. They just lit up as they talked about the difference that uh, tutoring is making in the lives of some of these young people and getting to places that are outside their normal world where they get a chance to see things that they wouldn't ordinarily see and have experiences that they wouldn't ordinarily have is just uh, is helping them grow as people, helping them realize that there's more than just their neighborhood. There's more than just this small restoration urban campus that they can be a part of. And You know, Ruth and Linda and the rest of the volunteers at Homework Hangout are making a difference in the lives of people and extending the grace and the love of God and they're also being propelled forward in their love for God and others, by what <clears throat> excuse me, by what they're doing there. They've, they've, found, they've found a reason why they're still here. They've found a reason why they're on Earth. And you know what? There's a reason we're all here. Not just here this morning. I know why you're here this morning. You saw I was preaching and you said, "Oh, I'm going to be a church today." <laughs> Mike's up. Cool. Actually, I saw some folks who looked at the bullet and saw the name and went, oh, it's time for brunch. But, you know, that's okay. I don't mind at all. As long as they get the podcast, it's fine. But, uh, but no, there's a, reason why, there's a reason why you and I are still here taking nourishment and breathing air on this earth. I've heard some people say that when we become believers, that one of the cool things that ought to happen is we ought to get an express elevator to heaven. There ought to be just like an immediate evacuation plan. And as soon as you become a believer, boom, there you go. No hassles, no worries, no nothing. And I'm thinking, you know what? That's not the way that God's laid it out. God's laid it out so there's a reason for every one of us to be here on this earth, to be walking around, to to be present here. We're still here because God has something in store for us. And as long as we're still here, God has something in store for us that he wants us to do. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 is the passage of scripture that for me sums up that concept. Ephesians 2 10. If you have your Bible, take it out. Take a look at this. If you don't have your Bible with you today, grab one out of the chair in front of you. Sometimes we call those pew Bibles. I'm not sure why we don't have pews. We'll call them chair Bibles. So just take one of those chair Bibles out. And uh, by the way, if you don't have a copy of God's Word, take that one home with you, would you please? It's free. Just, just take it. We want everybody to have, uh, to have a copy of the Bible and uh, take it with you when you go home today. Ephesians 2, verse 10 says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's an awesome verse from God's Word. It comes at the end of a passage that talks about, for nine verses, it talks about how we've been saved by grace. We've been saved by God. Not We couldn't do anything to save ourselves. There was nothing that we could even participate in. There was no amount of good work we could do. There was no amount of, of, of uh, good things we could do to save ourselves. It's all God's grace. It's all God completely saving us, this gift of salvation. But then... After he establishes that, Paul turns around and he talks about the fact that we've got good work to do. We've got good. It's not the work that saves anybody, it's the work we do once we've been saved. And so he takes that passage and he he expands on it. He says, here's how we were saved. And then in verse 10, he gives us direction to follow. As believers, now that you've been saved, now that you're a believer, here's what it's all about. Here's what you do. Here's your marching orders. Here's your job description. The first part of verse 10, I especially like, because it lets us know that each one of us is God's workmanship, God's craftsmanship. When I was in seventh grade, we did the, uh, I think, the standard seventh grade shop project. It was to make salt and pepper shakers for the grill. Anybody else do that project? Maybe, maybe our school was odd. All right. But we did salt and pepper shakers for the grill. And I was, I was excited about this because this was going to be like my Father's Day gift to my dad, you know. And I was going to make these. They were going to be awesome. And he was going to use them on our grill. It would be so cool. And so I went to work on them. I worked for a whole semester on these salt and pepper shakers. <clears throat> and at the end of the semester, what I ended up with was these kind of oddly shaped cube almost looking things that had holes that were off center. And one was supposed to have an S for salt. One was supposed to have a P for pepper. That was how you're supposed to drill the holes. I don't know what letters I had. They were virtually unrecognizable. The holes were off center. And the, and the handles were long. They were like 18-inch handles. So that so that you could hold them over the grill and, and shake that. Because, guys, we know, right, you, the, more you, the more you season stuff on the grill, the less hair is on your knuckles. And for most of us, it's good not to have hair on our knuckles, but, you know, it just burns off. And so there were these long handles. Well, my handles came out at some odd angle, and, and they were so shaky that if they had ever been used, the, the cube, the, well, the kind of cube, would have gone right into the grill and burned up. But I took them home anyway, I gave them to my dad, and of course my dad's a great dad. And he he made all the, you know, the appropriate noises, and the, had a smile on his face and accepted them as a gift, and hung them proudly somewhere in the house they were never used. They were too good to use. They were too good to use. And so we had these salt and pepper shakers sitting there. He did tell me, and, and he and I agreed at that point in time, that a life of craftsmanship was not in my future. And so I had, to, I had to start looking for other, other things to do. But it was very apparent that, that I wasn't going to be a craftsman in any way, shape, or form. But God is. God's an ultimate craftsman. And God has taken each one of us, and he's crafted us, and he's worked on us, and he has made us, you and me, he has made us his masterpieces. Every one of us is a masterpiece of God, each one unique, God's taken uh, all of, all of our, our bodies, our personalities, even our idiosyncrasies. and He's taken our experiences the good, the bad, the positive, the negative, the triumphs, tragedies, joys and heartaches, and God's put those together as His masterpiece in us. His we are His craftsmanship. We are His. Workmanship. And he's constantly trimming and sanding and perfecting us as time goes by. And all of that for a reason and for a purpose. To do good works. God has things, God has assignments for you and I. He wants us to do good works. Now remember, these aren't the works that save us. These are the works we do because we've been saved. They're the kind of works that Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 25. Turn to that, would you please? Matthew 25, about the middle of the Bible. Beginning in the New Testament, Matthew 25, verses 35 through 40. <clears throat> Jesus talks about these good works. Just some examples that he wants and needs to have done. And we get to participate. Let's start, in, uh, let's start in verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, come on, you are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom that's been prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And the righteous look at him and they said, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink. When did we see you a stranger? and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. You see, when we serve, we're doing good works. Good works that make a difference in somebody's life. And good works that also make a difference in our lives. Because we're doing what God has for us to do. We're doing the good works that he's got for us. So those good works are the things that we do at Salt and Light. On the first Tuesday night of the month, when we go and we hang clothes all over the place, or we, we fix up food sacks. They're the things that we do at Salt and Light on Wednesday afternoons when we pass stuff out. The things we do at Restoration Urban Ministries. When we have dinner together and we encourage people. Or when we help serve at Jesus Days. Or or coming up in August, we serve at Family Resource Day. Those are the kinds. And there's more good works than that too. But those are the kind of good works. And the Bible says that these are good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. God's prepared these good works in advance for you and I to do. And, and see, what God wants to do is he wants to match up his craftsmanship, his masterpiece in us, with good works that need doing. He wants to use our talents, our abilities, our gifts, what, what our, our creativity, our imaginations, all that have been crafted by him. And he wants us to use them and put us to work doing the things that we do best to make a difference in the lives of others. I can't get through an entire message without talking about baseball. And I brought this up for purposes of illustration. It's also a tool of discipline, but it's uh, more for illustration than anything else. And uh, you guys mostly know I love baseball. I absolutely love the game. And... uh, I love, it. I love it especially with wooden bats. Aluminum bats you can keep. They're too easy. Wood bats, if you want to know if you're a hitter, hit with a wood bat and see how well you do. Because on a wood bat, there's just a small area that they call the sweet spot. It goes from about, from about here to about here. Somewhere in that neighborhood, it's only about this long. And if you hit a ball on the sweet spot, you don't even know you've hit the ball. There is no vibration, There's no, and the ball leaps off the bat and, and goes off at a quick pace. A lot of times it goes out of the ballpark. Now, if in a wood bat you hit the ball someplace else, if you hit the ball out here on the end, there's an incredible vibration that happens and just stings your hands to no end. Or if you hit it down below the sweet spot, a lot of times the bat'll break, and you'll see that, and you'll see that on TV, or as you watch guys play ball, you'll see the bats shatter and fly apart. Mostly, it's because it got, the, the ball got hit down here. But hit the sweet spot, and good things are going to happen with your game. And the more often you hit the sweet spot, the better hitter you're going to be. What God wants for each of us is He wants us to find the sweet spot in our lives. God wants us to put us at the intersection of where our, His craftsmanship meets the good works that He's prepared, and that's our sweet spot. And I got to tell you what, I get excited when I see somebody finding their sweet spot. I get excited when I see somebody somebody serving in that sweet spot where it doesn't even feel like work it doesn't even feel like effort it's just it just flows through them in a natural way because i know a whole bunch of people are going to benefit from god's masterpiece god's work of art and i know that uh, and i know that i know that these people have listened to god saying come here you see the way i've crafted you you see the skills that you have your personality you see the way you're put remember the experiences that you've had in your life Come here because I've got some good works that I've prepared in advance for you that match up with the way that you're put together and the things you've been through. They're tailor-made for your sweet spot. They're good works they are going to help other people. They're going to show them how much I love them, and they're going to propel you to a greater love for me and a greater love for other people. One of the guys around our church, that around Windsor Road, that's found that sweet spot is a guy named Jeff Hunt. And uh, Jeff, I've invited Jeff to come up. Come on up, Jeff. Let's talk a little bit. I can keep this ridiculous microphone on me. We look like the Garth Brooks twins, we do. don't we? We do. We're awesome. That's right. We're going to sing duets. I'll let no, you sing and I'll watch. No, we're not. <laughs> that's not part of my sweet spot. I don't know about <laughs> yours, but... But uh, Jeff uh, Jeff is uh, founded, and he works with Heads Up Mission 180. And I know some some Windsor Rotors are involved in Mission 180. And uh, you're, you may be somewhat familiar with it, but a lot of you may not be. And so, I just I, I, because I love where Jeff's at with his sweet spot and the and the ministry and the service and the work that he's doing, I just want to talk about talk about Mission One Hundred and Eighty for a little bit. Talk about you for a little bit. Okay. And uh, now you're just as a little bit of personal background. Mm-hmm. You have a wife, Shannon. I do. And you got a couple of great kids. I do, Castine Caden. All right, and they're in, they're in this thing with you, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, Sh- in fact, Shannon's getting the, another degree so she She's, can.
1: Get her master's in counseling so she can uh, utilize that with the kids and families we work with.
0: That's right. That's really so, cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Now, th- tell us about Mission 180. What is is what is Mission 180 trying to do? What's its purpose? What What are you trying to accomplish?
1: I, uh, our purpose is just to help the kids who are at risk in the community um, break away from their current reality and hopefully give them a, po- a positive new reality um, by introducing them to uh, Christian adults, challenging experiences, Mm -hmm. um, and really get them to turn their lives around, uh, away from what they've been doing, and get them doing uh, what God created them to do.
0: Yeah, so like a one hundred and eighty turn. Yeah, absolutely. Hence the name.
1: Absolutely. All right. Very easy.
0: Yeah, pretty cool. Um, Now these kids, though, I mean, these aren't these aren't kids who have you know pleasant upbringings a lot of time. Tell tell us about the kids that you work with. Uh, The kids we work with. uh,
1: just come from a different background different uh, environment different culture Yeah. Uh, majority of them are from broken homes uh, which doesn't necessarily make them uh, a product that's going to be unsuccessful but it's homes that don't have uh, fathers or father figures usually grandmas trying to raise several kids or whatnot, mm-hmm. um, and they just see things on the street and that's what they see being done and that's reality for them and we want them to say see that you know what because it's that way it doesn't mean it has to be that way.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. There are t- alternatives. Alternatives, absolutely. they can have. Now, a lot of these kids, in fact, if not most of them, have ended up in the juvenile detention center, haven't they?
1: In and out several times. And so that's, that's part of what we do is try to uh, be part of that, uh, that system. And um, when we meet them at the juvenile detention center in, in that setting, we want them to know, hey, Mission is a friend, Jeff's a friend, yeah. uh, so you have somebody to rely on when they get out, and hopefully deter whatever activity got them there in the first place.
0: How hard is it for the kids that you work with to learn to trust somebody?
1: Trust is huge because um, they can see something fake a mile away, yeah. and they know somebody with an agenda or somebody who's there just for a job. Um, and I ask the kids ask me all the time, "Why do you do this?" And I, I get it's cool because I get tell them you know what? Because one, I love I love Christ, and I love you, and I want you to see something different.
0: Yeah. Now, what kinds of things do you do to try to, to try to build that relationship and build trust with kids?
1: Uh, we do several different things. Uh, we have mentoring, uh, which is a one-on-one thing, um, uh, where they, you know, an adult Christian adult used to take the kids out, um, match them up, a couple hours a week, I we do things with the grade school kids in the neighborhood, uh, just to give them something else to look at, some other people to um, look up to. Uh, we do basketball late at night because that's the thing. <laughs> Basketball is is their sweet spot, yeah, Uh, and so we want to be involved with that. Keep them off the street late at night. Right. Just get them some sort of experience that they can say, "Hey, you know what? I don't have to be doing what everybody else is doing or what I've been doing." Right. Uh, So you
0: spend some time in uh, in the neighborhoods. You spend some time, a lot of time, at the juvenile detention center. Mm -hmm. What What goes on during the time that you spend in those places?
1: Uh, At at the JDC. I'm out there several times a week, and we do a, once a week we do a group with the kids uh, where it's totally based on, on, on God and a relationship mm-hmm. with God. Um, but I'm out there more than that just because I want them to know me uh, right. and build that relationship. So I'm not just some guy with an agenda coming out to do a group, and, I, and I'm gone. Right. Uh, talk to the kids, whatever they need. And in the neighborhood, I'm just, I go do whatever I can. Wherever the kids are at, at the court, at the gym, um, during the day, at night, Checking up on them, seeing what's going on, checking with the families Uh if anything they need, Um, because they, just like the salt and light restoration, these families need the support system that they just don't have, and the kids need have those outlets uh, with positive experiences.
0: You've tried to do some things lately that have tried to um, involve the whole family too, haven't you? Their whole families and your whole family.
1: Yeah, uh, (laughs) one of the biggest things that we try to do is get whatever volunteers we have or mentors get their families involved as much as possible because uh, we want them, the families we work with, to be connected not just with one mentor, one family, but with a variety of families. Mm. Um, So we do different events with the families and the kids, um, again, just to build that relationship and break down whatever barriers and build a connection. That's one of the things that Shannon's working towards is to be able to provide for the parents themselves a resource to say, hey, you know what? You're not in this alone. Oh, yeah. That's so, important isn
0: 't it yeah know that there 's help there's support yeah.
1: for one another yeah
0: go go back to the go back to the mentoring okay. for a little bit. Uh, tell us about what is a what does a mentor do at the, the avenue and and do mentors have to be young or Can they be like old guys like me? Absolutely, old guys are good. Okay, good. Bring your baseball bat. There you go. (laughs) For protection. (laughs) For protection. Just kidding. Just kidding. Okay. (laughs) But you never know. (laughs) All right, I can do that. But uh, (laughs) what what does a mentor do? Who are the who are mentors? You know, kind of a description, and and, and what do they do?
1: Uh, Mentors uh, can be anybody. We use mentors who are over twenty one, just because a more established life here in Champaign. Um, they could be any age, though, above 21. And it's really up to you and the, and the, and the youth that you are paired with, um, we, both female and male, um, kids and, and mentors. But it's a variety of different things. Whatever you guys connect on, whether it's going out and playing basketball, shooting hoops, um, uh, fishing, playing chess, uh, whatever really, you know, is your sweet spot for them with them? Yeah. Wants you to do that because it just gives them an alternative and uh, be able to have a conversation. Then, yeah, uh, and that's the most important thing is having that conversation and that friendship.
0: Yeah, because conversations and relationships are best built, aren't they? When you're doing something together,
1: exactly. It's the doghouse type ministry where you build something and you're doing something productive.
0: Yeah, so you're not sitting around going, "Well, let's talk."
1: Exactly, because they, they're not going to talk. What? <laughs> not talk for a long time. And in reality, the conversations will then lead to. Why are you doing this? And you get to share your faith in that. Okay, uh, that's our principle: is share your faith through love and actions, and then Absolutely. through word. So
0: good. Now, now you've been in this for a while. Mm-hmm. What was it in your life? I mean, you. Uh, what experiences? What? How did you figure out that God had crafted you for these good works? Because obviously He's prepared something special for you. How did How did that come about in your life, though?
1: I. Uh, just a process, really, um, over several years. Uh, when Shan and I were dating and we first got married, we knew we were going to work with kids, mm-hmm. just know where or how. And so we, through different ministry experiences, both good and bad, um, and learning different types of personalities, different types of kids. Right. The kids we work with now, just uh, at each ministry that we had, just gravitated towards what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And so we knew then that okay, God put something in us that attracts them to what we're, what's going on. Right. And so through all that, um, and just refining different things, who we are and uh, how we go about doing stuff and our personalities, God put us here and you know, this is where we're serving and Mission 180 is what it's, what it's about right now. So.
0: And uh, it's feel, it looks obvious to me. It feels natural to you. Very
1: natural. It's, it's like it's, a good fitting shirt.
0: There you go. So, there you go. It's who you are. That's right. That's very good. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this question. There's a whole bunch of people sitting here today and... Uh, if they want to get involved with Mission 180, how can they get involved?
1: Uh, just contact us. Uh, there's, we have lots of things going on. Uh, and it's not for everybody. Um, but, you know, there's mentoring, which requires a lot of time and energy. Right. There's small stuff, too. Like I said, with uh, the grade school kids in the neighborhood, uh, every couple of Saturdays in the fall we'll do stuff with them and uh-huh. just to give them an, an alternative and an outlet. Um, basketball, if you like basketball. If you like to cook food. You know, we take food to families, too. We like to eat food like to eat food. There you go. Grill hot dogs. We all qualify. All, yeah, all sorts of stuff. So if you're able-bodied and are breathing, we can use
0: you. Since somehow, some way. That's right. That's somehow, right. someway. a role way. for everybody. So best way to get in contact with you is email? email? Yep, okay. jeff at mission 180.com. In fact, by sheer coincidence... <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> on the sermon notes today, there's several ministries lifted. Mission 180 is one of those, and Jeff's email is on there. So they can just shoot you an email. Yep. Don't call. Don't call. Because like you're you know, you like would... me. Yeah, never find I won't it. answer. And, uh, yeah, and, and phone tags, just no fun. Right. So email's the way. And uh, they can just say, hey, Jeff, I want to get together and find out more about what's Absolutely. going on Mission 180. I don't know how yet, but I want to get involved, and that'd be, that'd be good enough, right? It's
1: perfect. It's perfect.
0: Great. Well, I'll tell you what, before, we, uh, before I let you go, I'd love to pray for you guys. Yes. Great. Pray for you and your family. Pray for Mission 180, okay? Thank you. Let's pray. God, thanks so much for Jeff and uh, just the way that you've crafted him, the way that you've put him together, worked in his life. Thank you that uh, you've brought him to these good works that you prepared in advance for him to do. That Mission 180 is making a difference in the lives of young people and families in this community. God, we just pray your continued blessing on Jeff and his family. Pray for their safety. We pray for their, uh, their continued growth in love for you and love for others. And we pray your blessing on Mission 180, Father. Pray that you'll provide the resources that it needs for the people. And that uh, this can continue to grow and expand to be, uh, just to continue to be a significant difference maker that changes our community. Father, we lift these things up to you in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Well, I love it when we find people who know where God's sweet spot is for them and who have responded to God's sweet spot for them. And, and, and you know, I, I find that Jeff's one of those guys that I admire, and, and Jeff's one of those guys that I even envy a little bit because he's found it. He's got it in, in, in his life. There's, he's not the only one at Windsor Road. You know, I mentioned Linda and Ruth at the Homework Hangout, Michelle Maroon and Laura Altov, who work with uh, young moms through Youth for Christ, Steve Towner, Dave Jamaria, the rest of our deacon team, The guys are just on fire for serving and meeting the needs of people around Windsor Road. Our folk who work with benevolence. And then there's ones you don't even see or think of. People who volunteer at schools all the time. People who coach teams and are making a difference as Christian coaches, encouragers, bringing a Christian's perspective to their ball clubs. And and you know what? Suffice it to say there's a whole lot of other people. There's a whole lot of other people that are serving and are doing things, or finding their sweet spot. You know who you are. We just don't have time. to I wish we could mention everybody. I wish I knew about everybody, but I know there's a whole bunch more. But then there's a whole group of, of us who haven't necessarily found that sweet spot yet, who are still looking, who are, who are still saying, you know, that's, that's great. I'm so happy for Jeff. I'm happy for other people. But I don't know that I've found that sweet spot in my life yet. How do I do it? How do I find the intersection of God's workmanship and good works? And i got to tell you, I think it's a great question. And I have to honestly say, I don't know that I've completely found mine yet either. I'm still working on it. God's still working on me. But there's some things that I'm, that I'm doing to keep working on it. And I thought I'd share some of those this morning. And maybe they'll be of a, a help to you as well. First and foremost, uh, the first thing is really easy. Walk around your neighborhood. Just take a walk around the neighborhood, and while you're walking, be observant. Look around at needs that might be there. Look for clues. Interact with the people that you you see on the sidewalk. Listen to them. Maybe they're going to tell you, and eventually they will, they're going to tell you something, and you're going to clue in on the fact that that's a need in somebody's life. And then, just go meet it. Now, I gotta tell you, that thing that you find, that you see, that you hear, that you could, it's simple to go meet, it might not be in your sweet spot right away, but that's okay. You're getting your juices flowing, you're getting warmed up, you're getting like a, like a serving warm up. It, it can be as simple as mowing somebody's yard. And, and, and you know what? If you pay your lawn guy to do their yard too, it counts. It's not, it's not necessarily, you know, it's not kind of the same, but, but it counts. It's, it's maybe better for the juices if you do it yourself, but it counts that way too. Uh, maybe you know, you kick the soccer ball with a neighbor kid. You see a kid who's always out there by himself. Kick the soccer ball around with him. Play some catch. Help out with a deck or a fence. You know, if, you, if your craftsmanship skills are like mine, hand boards to other people. Let them build things, but you carry stuff for them and hang out and talk with them. It it, it doesn't have to be complex. Just pay attention and look for needs and meet needs. Second, pay attention to needs in the community. Read the newspaper with an eye toward need. Listen to the news with an eye toward it's gonna come up in news reports. What needs you know, you had seen the Salt and Light report on on Wednesday at five. There's a clue to what a great need is in the community, right? If there's over two hundred people going for food, there's a food need. I kind of clue into that. Look for places to help. Maybe, though, it's even simpler than that. Maybe it's spending a couple hours a week at your kid's school when school's in session. Uh, when my kids were in grade school, I used to go to the library, and uh, the school library, and, and check out books and reshelve books and, uh, it, until it got embarrassing for my kids. Oh, dad's there at the school. Oh, boy. You know, I didn't ever do that in high school because then it would have been disastrous. Um, but, but maybe it's uh, working behind the scenes at a school play. Coach a baseball team, a soccer team, a softball team, some kind of team, and be an encouraging person in that. Do behind-the-scenes stuff at the 4th of July celebration for the community next year. I don't know what it is, but look for something that kind of trips your trigger, that makes you go, hey, I kind of like that. I could do that, and then go do it. Look around Windsor Road. You know what? Maybe the intersection of God's craftsmanship and the good works is right here. You look around outside and and maybe you go, you know what? I love creating beauty. And so I'm going to take a parking lot island or a piece of the landscape next to the building. I'm going to make it mine. I'm going to take charge of that thing and make it as welcoming and as inviting for people as it can possibly be. Or when you look around the building, and you go, you know what? I want this worship center every week to shine. I want it to be perfect. I want people to come in here and feel like the beauty of God is right there with them. Or, or it's the mechanicals. You're going to make them hum so they work well all the time. Maybe it's serving others through our deacon team, our deacon ministry, meeting their needs physically, spiritually, However, it, how, whatever needs come up. These guys are out there meeting them. Maybe it's visiting people in the hospital. You want to do that, just let us know. We can get you on the list and let you, let you know when people are in. Maybe it's writing others notes of encouragement. Maybe it's praying for people. Maybe that's, maybe that's your sweet spot. I don't know what it is, but there's a lot of possibilities. One family comes in every week to the building, runs off the bulletin, and folds it. That bulletin you've got in your hand, that's done by one family. Every week comes in and takes care of that. It's a great behind-the-scenes ministry. They have gifts in service to others, and it's really behind the scenes, but it works. How about trying to serve with some of our partner ministries? Salt and Light restoration urban ministry look at that list on the back of the notes page look and go hey you know what i could do something with them maybe i'll call them and and just just try something out this is what takes you a little further out of your comfort zone and and maybe even sparks something in you maybe maybe there's something that sparks a passion and you say hey Maybe this is where God wants me to be. Great, A great opportunity is coming up for you, uh, for all of us, on Saturday, August 9. It's Family Resource Day at, uh, at Salt and Light. There's a yellow piece of paper in your bulletin. And uh, Family Resource Day is a day when we help resource under-resourced kids for the school year. It's a day. It's a day when we give out school supplies, backpacks, food, all kinds, and and work with their, and pray for they and their families. We're, our goal as a church, our goal is to bring 300 backpacks to give out on Family Resource Day. Because you know what? If you're a kid in grade school and you don't have a backpack, how are you going to function? I mean, you're loading that baby down, bringing it home, but you can't afford one. We need to help provide that. And so if you haven't brought your backpacks yet, the next couple of weeks hit I tell you what they're 10 bucks at Walmart there's a bunch of them at Farm and Fleet there's a bunch of them at Target there's probably other places that have these go and get a half dozen you know whatever you can afford bring them in we're we're going to pile them up out there at the connect and serve area and we're going to we're going to have backpacks to give away uh, the children's ministry is collecting glue sticks And other churches and other groups are collecting other school supplies. We're gonna give these things away and help equip kids for a successful school year. Critically important that we can do that. And there's other things too. On that Saturday, distribute school supplies, hand out those backpacks, distribute food, clothing, take pictures, help with parking. And then a couple of days before, they're going to be stuffing backpacks. And I hear that's a really critical one. And that's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun, too. You're with a group of people stuffing these backpacks full of, full of school supplies. It could be a fun time, and there's some times on there. You know what? Just drop this thing in the offering plate. As it goes by today, let us know you want to serve, and we'll be in touch with you and uh, give you some more particulars, uh, where to meet, all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's going to be a great Saturday on the ninth. But you know, all of these things, all of these things working with these uh, with these agencies, with some of our partner ministries, they are ways that we can try out and try to find what it is that God's prepped for us to do. Cuz you know what, if we never try anything, it's never going to happen, is it? If we sit around and wait for God to tell us in some, you know, ethereal way, it's not going to happen. We've got to get out there. We've got to put some effort. We've got to try some things. And God, that's how God's going to speak to us. Success or fail, doesn't matter. Feels good, feels bad, doesn't matter. Try them out. See where, start to see, and something someday is going to strike a chord. and It's going to be the sweet spot that God has for you. You're going to find that you obs- obsess about something a little bit. You're going to find that uh, something strikes a chord, strikes a passion, jumps your spirit, and maybe that's the place God's got for you. Finally, take the exploring journey with other people. Don't just go it alone. Sit down with some, with some friends, maybe your small group, some friends who are believers. Discuss each other's strengths and talents and abilities. Brainstorm ways that God might use the ways that he's put you together for his good works that he's got prepared. Talk about it together. Then go out and do some things. Come back together, debrief a little bit with each other. Talk about it, tweak it a little bit. Go out and serve again. Come back and talk. finally find the sweet spot, the intersection of God's work in you and the good works that He's got prepared for you. Who knows? Who knows? You might end up with a one-man mowing service. You might end up. Uh, you might end up with a heading up a baseball team with an, as an encouraging coach. You might end up sending Christmas child boxes all over the world and prepping all year to get them ready to send the kids everywhere. You might end up adopting kids from another country and helping others to learn how to do the same. You might pass out water jugs in the Dominican Republic, help fund a water, a water plant down there. You might help the poor in Champaign-Urbana. You might help AIDS orphans in Africa. You might take medicine to people in third world countries. What are the good works that God's got prepared for you? I don't know. But I know that he has them. And I know that the only way to find out what they are is to get started and begin exploring the possibilities. You know... The reason we're still here, the only reason we're still here using air and taking nourishment is to apply the craftsmanship that God has done in us to the works he's already prepared for us to do. When we do that, we honor him. We make a difference in the lives of other people and we propel our own spiritual growth forward in a dramatic way. Let's pray together. God, thanks so much for making us your masterpieces and for taking the time to in advance, even right now, you've got some good works that you have prepared for us to do. Father, help us discover that intersection. Help us discover the sweet spot of where you want us to be. Lord help us to keep at it until it's evident that that's where we ought to be, that's what we ought to do. in Jesus.